The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Despite what their moms told them, they just aren't talented enough for radio. Unfortunately, anyone can have a show these days. Sean. Well, I'm pretty hard to figure out sometimes. I can't even figure myself out sometimes, so don't you try to. Joe. You're an idiot and really a disloyal person. This is the Cuse Militia. Those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's the most bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome, orange men and ladies. Happy Sunday. This is the Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe at Cuse Militia on the socials. Go there. Join the militia. Syracuse improves to 12-6, and 5-2 and two in the ACC as they avoid a quad four loss at home. Down by as many as 12. The game uh, was won on the backs of some four freshmen, and Jesse is where it started, and uh, a great comeback, a crisis averted. You'll hear from us, we'll hear from you in fan feedback in Syracuse with a quick turnaround, heads to Miami to take on the Hurricanes tomorrow night at 7. We'll let you know what we think about that. So welcome, Joe, back. I didn't hear your beer crack, by the way. Oh, really? Really. So I mean, I, I did. It just happened so fast. That... Gio thought about it. And uh, as he filled in clutch for the one, the only Joe G, uh, the original Joe oh, G. Oh, stop it! But uh, you know, he thought he'd leave that he'd leave that one alone. He did throw the piece out at the end, though. But everybody's doing that now, so who cares, yeah. right? Yeah, who cares? Yeah, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, no, I, I listened. I listened. You know, okay. obviously, um, you know, Gio is a professional. I'm not, so obviously, he did it justice. You know, I was worried he was just gonna. You know, take my job, and then I realized that he's got bigger fish to fry at where he's at. So yeah, you know. true, true. But I was just glad that he was available, still on break. You know, him going to Virginia Tech and us playing Virginia Tech, and me having, you know, a play to go to for for Avery. Um, there was a, you know, a situation where we needed to bring in bring in someone from the bullpen, and it's kind of you know kind of perfect timing there. So you guys did great. Glad you guys. I mean, you guys could have done the beer crack, but that's fine. Yeah, and he, I was hoping that Gio was going to do the piece at the end for me. So he did. He's hit it. I'm he's, glad he did. He's hit that up before, but you only really get. I mean, look, look. Let's be honest. If you were to TM that thing, I mean, you could, <laughs> you can, you you can give Gio permission. But I mean, you know, to just take liberty of just doing it like it's your own thing, it's a little odd. So anyway, <sighs> uh, I digress. Look. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I you know I, zero Fs anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. zero Fs. Um, that's where I'm at with just about everything, and yes. 
and well, you know, I mean, maybe someday we'll get into some of that stuff. But yeah. today, today's not that day. Today's not that day. No, uh, because we got a show to do. A freaking great win. Clutch, clutch yeah. freshman. Never, never seen anything like that. Well, literally, quite literally, have not. And um, also, a quad four loss averted. Had, you know, when it comes down to it, well, we'll talk. You know what? We're going to just start this thing without doing the montage. Let's do it. Let's hear what Coach had to say following the game. I thought that, uh, you know, Joe rushed things. He tried to do things like, I don't know what. He hasn't played like that. He was just trying to do too much, too fast, and not let things come to him. Uh, you know, obviously, we had to to press. The press doesn't always work in terms of steals. We didn't, I don't think we got a steal. I don't think we got a turnover. But they had two looks on the other end. They rushed it a little bit and they missed and that sped the game up a little bit. I thought that, you know, obviously the whole game swung when Joe got hurt. Justin came in, he made a really tough corner jumper and then a three. Judah really set him up nicely. And then, you know, Chris made a three over there. And then Malik, Judah found Malik against the zone. Judah really played a really, really smart game. And when, we, when they switched to the zone, finding people and getting them the ball, I thought he was terrific there. Um, we came back with four freshmen on the floor and Jesse. I thought that's against the senior team. The game was in serious jeopardy, and these guys just made some plays, and Judah made a couple drives, but his passes were the key to Malik to get us back. And then defensively at the end, we forced a couple clock violations. We forced a couple really bad shots, and uh, you know they missed one. So. That happens sometimes. It was an unbelievable effort to get back into this game. Can you remember a time when you ever had four freshmen on the court and it wasn't garbage time? Well, no, that's, not, that's, that's never happened, ever. I don't have to even think about that one. <laughs> How have you seen Justin develop at the top of the zone when he is putting that? In he was pretty good out there. He's a two. He can play the two, and I think that's where he'll be. His future, and Chris is the three. I like these guys. I think they're getting better. You know, my whole goal was coaching this year was to get this group in here, get their feet wet, see how much better they can get during the course of the year. Uh, we're still a long ways away from being a good team, which is what I would expect with so many young guys. And we got a fierce road ahead of us. We know that, um, but they've really come up big at Louisville in this game, uh, or we could have been in a bigger, really big, big hole. But you know, we're still in a hole. We just got to keep digging and see what happens. Malik Brown, your second lead scorer with 15 tonight. Is there something he's doing exceptionally well on offense? Or yeah, he's dunking pretty good. <laughs> He hangs around the basket, and they don't. They're worried about Jesse, and Malik gets that and finishes it. If he, somebody misses, 
they don't pay much attention to him. He's not a scorer, but he can rebound and put the ball in the basket. And Ben and Jesse found him a couple times as well. But, uh, you know, he's a really good player. He's getting better. All right, Joe. So, look, Joe was, was Joe Gerard was kind of due for a game like this as he'd been on fire as of late. And, um, you know, the difference is having people step up. And he did end up with a shiner on his cheek, by the way, when he got his face yeah. pressed into the floor. So um, he did come in down the stretch uh, f- uh, for um, Taylor. But, um, you know, the press is a hero in this game. Those four freshmen and Jesse out there to uh, the, the free throws down at, down at, uh, down at the end for, for Judah and Jesse um, just had to have them. And the, the press sometimes makes me extremely nervous, but it did a good job with, like Coach said, speeding them up. And, when they, and they were rushing shots, and they were rushing them from, from three. Regardless, they still hit 15, but um, they couldn't hit much down the stretch and uh, during, during SU's run there to close the game out. And they just, it worked. I mean, it was, it was completely effective. You had um, Taylor come in. He made an immediate impact. 12 minutes, five points, and uh, six rebounds. And two blocks. And a steal. So, I mean, uh, you look at him, and then we look, we have to look at Chris Bell again. I mean, I said yesterday on Twitter, and I, I'm, I'm going to stand by it. I'm going to double down on it. If he can shoot like that the rest of the year, I don't care if he grabs another freaking rebound. Because he, he was absolutely clutch. And five for eight from three. But, I mean, what else can you say? And then Malik Brown just getting better every game. And seven for eight from, um, from close range. And I think, if not all, came right at the rim. So uh, he's, yeah. he's kind of doing what Jesse's been struggling to do. And he's also... You know, he he grabbed six rebounds, which is which is good. But, um, I mean, it was good. It was good. Yeah. Those freshmen, uh, I I loved watching. I've loved watching that. You know, you think that. And by the way, um, Bell did not grab six rebounds. He grabbed three, so that's my bad. But, uh, <laughs> you know, when coach says, you know, when he you know he decided to come in this year, and uh, his goal was to get these guys feet wet so that he can get them some experience and get them kind of going is kind of to my point when uh, I talked a couple episodes ago about this team, as long as we have guys returning, how dangerous or how special next year could be. If we have these guys, if all these guys come back portal or, you know, G league pending, right. This is going to be a solid young group again, and they're only going to be better. Yeah. No. And the the thing that's telling me that is, that you know that we don't have a recruit in the next year's class because all of our scholarships are full and everybody can come back right right so if anybody does leave then you know i would fully expect them to to fill those other spots with transfer portal players especially with how many there are you know just go find the guys the type of guy you need um but i mean at the end of the day we personally and we can't say it's never happened to any other team but to us personally we haven't seen you know, those freshmen come in and to me, you know, Notre Dame it had had to be a win. 
And to see these freshmen come in and all of them kind of do their own little thing to help and pick up what Joe wasn't doing, um, we haven't seen that yet. So, you know, we've seen them fall down by 20 and come back and be double digits, you know, down and come back and stay together and different players do different things. But, um, you know, most of the time when Joe Girard has this type of game, then we're not winning. And it this flusters, is the first time it that just, we, it flusters everything. And because he, when he tries too hard, um, he, he, when he was injured and out of the game, it gave these guys an opportunity to gel and, and just make up for some of his mistakes, so to speak. But like you said, when he has a game like this, it's, we, you would think, especially earlier in the year that it's, it's bad news. So, um, but it just looked yeah. like James on Facebook. Love this team. Notre Dame had zero answers for mints. No chance. Couldn't hold them. Judah being Judah, man. He's just been the most consistent player all year. We never have to worry about that. You know what he's going to go out there and do. The dude is just he like a hot knife through butter sometimes. And he's week in and week out. You're not going to be able to stop that. You might be able to slow it down, but teams aren't going to be able to stop that. And it's just yeah. it's a whole it's a whole nother dimension that we have with Judah that we haven't seen in I can't tell you when was the last time um, maybe uh, Johnny Flynn Ennis Ennis maybe yeah but but I mean Ennis wasn't Ennis wasn't as athletic as Judah Mintz you the, know he was just more under control and everything like that Judah's starting to learn he's starting to learn all that he's not he's not going out of control as much. He's learning to go to the line. I mean, he made eight out of ten free throws. So I think that's really where eight we won the game. Too. Eight um, assists too. Eight assists too. So I mean, the passes that oh, he yeah. gave Malik Brown. And he drew, yeah, and he drew so many fouls as well. Um, yeah. I know he did go, you know, zero for three from the three point line. But again, he has to take those open shots to, you know, make himself have a chance to become a threat. Uh, I mean, he's blowing by guys and getting fouled when they weren't even playing him for the shot. So they're giving him plenty of room, and he was still, you know getting to where he needed to be. So that's pretty impressive in his own right. But if he starts making threes and forcing guys to come out farther from the basket to play defense, then that's just going to make his game um, just <clears throat> that much easier. And I can, I've seen the growth. He's been consistent, and sometimes it's a little too fast, a little too out of control, a little too crazy. But I, I can see him starting to, starting to understand what he needs to do. And, you know, the fact that they – Notre Dame only took five free throws and we took 18 and there was a 10-point discrepancy there is the reason why we won the game. Um, Notre Dame, they were relying on the three-pointers. We were scoring from all over the place. Um, and when we started pressing and sped them up, sometimes that doesn't have to be successful. Sometimes a lot of basketball really is just, you know, com- comfortability and, and confidence. And if you're comfortable – moving the ball and doing what you're doing against a certain defense and you had the confidence because you're making shots, then that's going to be tough to stop that offense. But if you change something up, speed them up, make them a little uncomfortable and have to figure out how to beat that, then there are mistakes that are going to be made. And that's all it was. And and that's all we needed to kind of get them to miss a couple shots so that we could close that gap and eventually take the lead. But I I truly believe, you know, being patient, getting to the line, those kind of things, um, that really was was that was was the reason and the fact that it was a clean game. I mean, they Notre Dame only had five turnovers. <clears throat> we only had six. So, yeah, it was that's it was. I didn't even think about that, but it was a clean game. Uh, let's see, Dave on Facebook, top fan day. 
The ceiling is high. That offense is good, and they have some size up front, and they have the best passing guard I've seen in orange in a bit. Tough watching those wide-open threes on the wing in the first half. It was extremely frustrating, and it's kind of par for the course, but when you when you hit, it is uh, just, the, just the stat on the threes for Notre Dame alone, you look at that and you say, man, that's it's extremely hard to win when you have a team making 15 threes. And to only get down by 12 is kind of another miracle, to be honest. Uh, you know, I think it was 59-47 was, was, the, was the, the spread at one point. And, right. um, you know, and then they started to kind of chip away at that. But, again, this team in the second half has improved. I can't think of a game where they have not improved play especially on defense in the second half yet this year. And again, they don't give up, and they are determined. They've overcome adversity so many times this year. And Notre Dame, these games with Notre Dame just for the past few years have just been really tight. And, um, I mean, Mike Bray, I think, has been there over 20 years and, 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 and you know, back in the Big East days and everything. So, I mean, they, these teams know each other. And that's why I, I love the Notre Dame rivalry for Syracuse and basketball. I think it's awesome. Um, just cause it's always something amazing. You know, <clears throat> regardless of what it does to your soul during it. Right. It's fun. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, uh, let's see. Jeremiah. Take the dub. Notre Dame is a good team. And that has grossly underachieved this year. Ride this momentum to some quad one games. So you kind of Notre Dame has just slid this year and they've then they're they've been awful. Um, ever since we beat them actually. They've they've been awful. So um, you know you look for them now that those games are done, look for them to pick it up a little bit and move this from a a quad four win or two quad four wins to you know hopefully something a little better than that. So um, all right, let's see. Let's keep going here. Joe P, top fan Joe P on Facebook. Way to fight back, boys. Let's keep it rolling. Those four freshmen and Jesse really stepped up defensively, and I personally would love to see that lineup more often. Joe, what do you think about that lineup? Well, first of all, with, with Bell playing the way, if Bell's going to play like that, you know, you're going to see... Justin Taylor more at the two sometimes I feel like and um, you know I liked I liked the lineup against Virginia Tech with with um, Judah Joe um, Justin Malik and Jesse I like that lineup too there's a there's a, that's the thing though. there's a lot a lot there's a lot of combinations well, that's that's realistically the whole thing right is yeah. that it really just depends on our matchup and who's playing well yeah um, because at the end of the day, uh, if Joe Girard's playing good, he's going to be out there for 35-plus minutes. But, but his leash how much could be like... shortened, too. What's that? His leash could be shortened, too, which is, which is um, it's not something we've been able to do, I think, since he's been here. Really. Maybe the Kadari-Richmond year? Well, yeah. And then this team was so young that early on you didn't do it. And then just recently, Girard's been playing really, really well. Um, but, you know... Something happened here. I mean, obviously there was an injury. Who knows if Beheim would have made the change or not? You know, that's the other question. That's when you saw the turnaround is when he got hurt and they made the 
the substitution, and then all of a sudden, you know, you see team, you see the team playing different. You know, Justin Taylor hits two, two big shots. Chris Bell hits some clutch shots. You know, Malik Brown was all around the basket, and we know that Jesse Edwards, you know, he's been getting doubled, and Malik Brown makes it a lot easier for Jesse to dump it off to him and get easy buckets. Uh, what so, do you? Yeah, what do you do with those two down there? That's a force to be reckoned with too. You know, well, yeah, because if Jesse's going to be able to score on you one-on-one... It's one or the other, right? Yeah, pretty much, because then you have to double, and then someone's going to be open, and we're, we're figuring all that stuff out. So um, <laughs> it's good to see, you know, because even then, I mean, one name we didn't even mention there, Samir, I think. You know, Samir and Benny, when they're playing good. I mean, Samir, it's tough, because usually Joe and Judah are playing so well. And Judah, we see what he's done. He's going to play the majority of the game. I mean, that's just what it is. Jesse's going to play as long as he's really not, this is not in foul trouble. Um, so we're seeing the changes. We're seeing the evolution of the rotation. And, and, and it's nice to know that it doesn't necessarily have to be this rotation or this five because it really comes down to who's playing good. Yeah. And that five could be seven, eight players. And to have the versatility with, with, you know, even, uh, Taylor to kind of move him around and be able to utilize him. I, I, I mean, you know, I feel a little bad for Samir myself as well, but I mean, I don't know. I, you know, I guess it just goes back to what's being seen in practice. I mean, I don't have any other explanation for it. But you know, when he's out there, he's all heart. I mean, he, he does. There's no, you know what I mean. So it's kind of it. But I mean, how many guys can you play? Well, you know, yeah. <laughs> so. But my thing is, is if the guys out there aren't doing doing what they're supposed to be doing or showing energy, then you got guys that are that are willing to come in and, and improve differently, you know. So it's a, as long as that they have that energy on the on the, on the you know the bench, you know, I like the energy of Quadir Copeland and those guys. So as long as they're staying a team and playing time isn't isn't hurting that locker room, then what do you make? What do you what do you what do you think of Benny lately? I mean, this he's just almost all but just dropped off the radar for for everything i mean he, he, i i don't know you know obviously i'm not gonna i can only analyze it so much he's just not he's just not good i mean i just think it's the past few games has it been exceptionally bad right but from what i understand he's always been able to kind of play around you know the perimeter and stuff like that in high school i think he had a late um, growth spurt. I could be uh, uh, wrong by that, but I mean, I think it's a situation where he grew up more or less shooting and stuff like that. I don't think he was, he didn't grow up as like, you know, down, you know, banging with the big guys and trying to get boards. Um, so I think that that's really why it's been such a tough transition for him. Um, Malik Brown has been the complete opposite, you know, a player that hasn't shot in a lot of outside shots and does all the dirty stuff and, you know, rebounds and puts back and just lives around the rim and, um, just a great teammate, and you know, so I think that's just why. You know, I thought that he was in a better position. I don't know necessarily about Benny, but everyone else coming into this season, because I thought that he was going to be that freshman that was going to be able to do the, the little things that Beheim needs him to do. And yet, even yesterday, there was a, like right in the beginning of the second half, you saw Benny go down low, get a pass, put up a layup. You know, I, I saw a couple things around the basket that you know Beheim's asking his power forwards to do, but. um but then he kind of just starts floating out, you know, like he yeah, said, 15, 18 feet. He's, and he's then he's not the in position for the, for the rebounds, yeah. you know. I mean, Malik Brown, yeah. he's just down there. It's just a lot of rebounding is putting yourself in the right positions. And 
in Syracuse, um, plus five on the boards yesterday. Didn't feel like it at one point. I mean, usually get a good feel for it, but didn't feel like it. But they, you know, they did a good job. And and Jesse with fifteen of them. So, and uh, enough can't be said um, for me f- about Chris Bell. I hope that. You know, we there was a. I mean, no one's been called out more in a press conference this year than I think Chris Bell. So, that's true. But I mean, let's just call. You know, I mean, it is what it. The only way he stays out on the court that many minutes is if he shoots like that. That's realistically the whole point. Yeah, I mean, if he's missing those, if he's missing them, I mean, he went five eight from the three. There's yeah. times where he just lined up his opponent and just shot. There was a couple times where he, there were like Joe Gerard moments. Oh, they, like, oh he was con- doing. Well, well there's contested sudden, and everything. Yeah, he yeah. was just dishing them. It, yeah. was, it so, was, looked almost too like easy. Shooting, I couldn't believe it. You're shooting like that, then you got to keep him in. You can give up a couple different, you know, things. But it, if he's you not can, you can. making those shots and then he's not doing anything else, then exactly. that's why he's been taken out. So again, I, I think yesterday really just opened up the eyes to a lot of. Uh, fans as to why he actually he's been is starting. starting. Yeah, he's doing that and in practice probably, and coach is waiting for it to come to fruition and do it in front of some, some cameras, right? Exactly. So, yes. um, you know, you know he's got it. That's why he's brought here to shoot, and he's just, uh, I mean, he's he was a machine yesterday, man. I was, he like, there was a couple points when I just had chills. He hit a couple shots. I was like amazed. I thought it was awesome. Well, and then there was a couple times too where I purposely watched him in the way that he was moving in the zone after he made some shots. He's a little bit more active. It was very clear that after he was made some shots and was making some shots, he felt good. That definitely motivated him to uh, play a little bit better defense. So, well, good. He wanted to stay in there and look, played like I said. If he grabs minimal rebounds and he plays like that, th- there's no telling where this team can go. I mean, they could, we could surprise a lot of people. And I know we've had some close games with some bad teams, and we've got a, 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 good, a good, good test coming up tomorrow night. It's going to give us a good gauge of where this team's going to be. But Pitt is a tremendous team. We were down, like, what, 23 to Pitt? And... Um, ended up losing by one and kind of a heartbreaker. Imagine thinking back and having that game if if ifs and buts were candy and nuts. I'd love to have that game uh, as there's a W. So many games, but so many games that I would like to take back. I mean, there's so well, many the, games the I think Bryant already. The Cornell like, games like, are looking bad. Even the Illinois games not looking great. So, I mean, I would just looking at the nine conference. I'd love to be able to be play those teams again where where we are like right now as a team i think that we've grown exponentially i mean i just don't know if we still don't beat illinois the way that they shot like that but i mean i'd say we win the other we three beat, we beat colgate and did i say cornell before too on my band yeah my, we're uh, beating we, colgate we beat and colgate st. John's and Bryant, and Bryant. yeah st john's and another one yeah not great their their records we, aren't holding great geo and i talked about that the other day and um it's just it's too bad a non-conference kind of killed us, which is why you got to have this game against Notre Dame. And like I said earlier, you, you got to unfortunately kind of root for Notre Dame to dig themselves out of the basement here a little bit to just not have these be quad four wins. They're just, that's just not, um, actually the one game would be a quad three right now. This one would be a quad four at home. So 
if they could do something to dig themselves out, that's only going to help the resume down the stretch. And you got to imagine we're going to have to pull out a couple big ones. Yep. Um, and we have a lot of opportunities to do so. Um, let's see. Zach, our boy Zach on Facebook, top fan, of course. Being a Syracuse basketball fan is such a unique thing. We can be down by 30 and I'll still watch. And the hope and actual reality that we can fight our way back. Um, all the naysayers at the beginning of the year can pound sand. This is a young team and they are getting better and fighting through adversity after each and every game. It isn't going to be, it's not going to always be pretty, but we're starting to play much smarter. Yeah, and Judah's, I mean, you can talk about Judah there. You know, you heard Coach talk about it. He's doing the things, eight assists, um, being a being a facilitator and a scorer and someone that's getting to the line. I mean, like you said, the one thing he needs to do is work on his outside shot, but it's just, look, he's hit, I think, three threes this year, and it's just not his game, but... You got to take the open ones and, and, and hope that you, you make them. But he does so much other stuff that, he, I mean, it, it, as a package, he's the face of this team right now. There's no doubt about it. So, no, yeah, I mean, he's obviously, he's like, the, he's the most talented and he's the one that, you know, like I said, I mean, he gets it done. Um, he's, yeah. I remember, now we remember why we, we loved having all those good point guards, right? Um, and it's just so much better when you know that you have a point guard that can facilitate and play and, and do the things that, that they can, that they're supposed to do. Like, you know, the Brandon Trishes and, the um, Marcus Carter Williams and the Johnny Flynn's and the you know, Tyler Ennis's. Um, I mean, he's, we've kind of had makeshift point guards in the past and just, you know, I remember recently us talking about, you know, teams where they only had one or two guys that we thought he was even able to get the ball across against certain teams when they were pressing. Oh, that was so, uh, the Kadari Richmond. That's why we brought Kadari Richmond in the, the year that Syracuse had him. He was, he was in during the press a lot of times. There was a year when Dolce was bringing the ball. That's up. right. That's right. That's right. So, I mean, at the end against certain teams, right? So, I mean, right now, yeah, he's he's the pick of the litter. Everyone else is is kind of the sidekicks, but you know, Jesse should be there too. I mean, I, I think that he's looked at as a mainstay, and I think that's why his name's been getting brought up a little bit from coach in these in these pressures because, you know, between Judah and Jesse, they set up a lot of stuff. That's where you get your threes. That's where you get the guys down low that are sneaking around like Malik Brown. He's taking um, an extra defender with him most of the time. So and both of them are. Yeah. You know the way that they move the defenses. It allows for people to get open if they so choose. You got to move. You can't just stand there and guard yourself. But, I mean, Judah and Jesse move the defenses. And we, as the rest of the other three guys, they need to move and get open so that we can, you know, play better offense. And I think that that's what you saw, you know, yesterday. You know, we still did it even with Joe out. So look forward to hopefully, you know, getting better and improving and hey look i mean we're five and two in the acc you take away clemson who just beat duke and they stormed the court and was undefeated in the acc so far at seven and oh tied for second with four other teams yeah so um you know people can talk all they want about non-conference and this and that and it was weak and what our record was but um you know we're five and two in the acc yeah i mean right now it looks good it looks good And we know we're going through the gauntlet, and I know that we've talked about what we expect as far as, um, you know, our uh, 
our record to be or where we want it to be. But, you know, we're 9-2 and two the last 11, and I think that we've been playing really, really good. You know, the way that we came back against Pittsburgh and Virginia, two of the top two of the teams say, that we're yeah. tied in second with, yeah. right? Yeah. So, Yeah, not only that, but two of the best teams. I mean, look, if it's not ranked, they should be. I don't think they are. But they should be getting damn close. But UVA's ranked, and Pitt's right on the cusp. And, you know, they, those were both games that, I mean, the UVA game was a little bit different. But, and, you know, to be able to come back against Pitt, like we've talked about numerous times, um, it was close. I mean, I guess that's, that's why I, I, I stress the fact that, man, if I could get one of those, one of those games back that we lost, that would definitely be one of them. For, for the resume, and I, I understand the, other, the bad ones, but that's a good one I wish we had. Um, let's see. All the top fans on Facebook getting in the mix. Michael. Facebook Michael. I feel like I leave this comment after every Notre Dame game. They are a true rival in the ACC. Every game is a battle to the end. Five and two in the ACC, baby. He must be. He must have just been listening. Buy, sell, or hold. I haven't read this yet, so here we go. Buy, sell, or hold. Benny enters... The portal. I'm sure he's going to. Uh, I'm. I'm sure he's not going to get the playing time he wants. I almost guarantee he's gone. Which, if I could pick one guy to lose to the portal, it would be him. Okay. So he explains himself. He's 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 buying that. He's buying his own buy seller hold. So what do you think, Joe? Buy seller hold. Then he en- enters the portal. Because here's a, here's my thing. That's a tough call. I, I could see this going either way, but. He didn't last year, right? And so there must have been a discussion about, you know, what his role was going to be this year. And now we kind of see him losing minutes. I mean, he's losing minutes the, the longer this season goes on. So I could see it. What do you think? I would almost hold, um, but that's a weenie move. So I'm going I, would, to, I would buy. If anybody's going to be in the portal, I would, I, I would agree with that. I, would, I think it would be him. Or, you know, I mean, there's a couple others, but. Uh, I don't think some of the others, though, like the Copelands, uh, you know, I don't think that they expected to be on the floor that much anyway. I guess that's that would be the difference for me. Right. Yeah, I mean, look, at the end of the day, I think it's how it's how the rest of the season goes as far as my opinion goes. If, if it ends up turning into the Malik Brown show and Benny doesn't, you know, get his head out of his butt and you have these other guys that are starting to get better with Justin and, and Chris Bell, then, I mean, they're all younger than him. So there's there's no avenue to playing time if he got it taken away from freshman this year or by freshman. So, I mean, that would be the writing on the wall to me. I, I don't know why he would stay, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, I mean... If he doesn't Im- improve, then it's going to be a situation where you could lose a Benny. I mean, it's just it's, hard for me to it, believe that if Malik Brown goes the rest of the year playing twenty-five to thirty minutes, that he's not going to do the yeah, same exact thing next year. He's and been playing a ton. I don't ton. think he's going to. He had less, I don't think he's going to start Malik Brown and Benny Williams by, side by side, especially if you have a Justin Taylor and a Chris Bell, and then you have if Judah comes back and you got you know Samir and stuff like that. I mean. There is no if there's no clear path to playing, then I don't know um, why he wouldn't transfer. The only other person that would make as much sense as him 
if it keeps going the same way is um is uh Samir. But yeah, he's but already Samir done his would transfer have to portal, sit out, so yeah. it, right, which is why I why I would rank Benny as a higher candidate for that. But again, that's that's just common sense, I think, to me. I mean, it's it's <laughs> Malik Brown, if he takes his power forward spot over as the true freshman, then Benny's not gonna take it away from him after one year. So I would I would assume that he would definitely go up to the transfer portal. Yeah. Um We'll have to see. You know, the bigger the bigger thing to me, I feel like um, my my biggest thing is that I don't want to see Judah exit after this year. If he comes back next year, um, his draft stock goes first of all, obviously goes way up, and we would be just dynamite next year if he stayed. It's just there hasn't been a player like him that I've really, 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 really just just been like one more year. One more freaking year. Uh but and he's Mellow? He, I mean <laughs> he said he was coming back and then he didn't. So I oh. didn't have to worry about it. Until he didn't. But hey look, you get a championship out of it and it, it definitely lessens the blow. If we get a championship exactly. this year and and uh and Judah's like, I'm gone, I'll be like, well, Thank you for everything. <laughs> exactly. So exactly. It's, it's it's just not the same. But um, all right, I think we're gonna. I think we're going to end it there on the fan feedback and, and leave it with Facebook. And I think no one. Go one ahead. One more comment. I there. haven't even looked um, at. Go ahead. Go ahead. Just with Judah. Um, my only thing really is is now, especially nowadays in the NBA, in today's NBA. Um, I feel like you need to be multifaceted as far as offensively. And I just you got to have an outside shot. You got to have some type of jumper, right? I don't think that you can get away with you know. Plus, again, NBA going against some grown ass men, and Judah um, seems to me like he needs to put on a little bit of. I mean, even standing next to the other freshman there, JJ Starling, um, who had an awesome dunk, by the way, in his at his um, hometown. Sure, he had a lot of friends and family there, but uh, where, yeah, where just, where where what part of Baldwinsville? It is Baldwinsville. Okay, all right. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but even I, I mean, JJ Starling looks a lot physical, like physically more oh, mature than Judah Mintz. Yeah. And is. and also, you know, the way that Judah Mintz, I mean, I think he's got to figure out what the deal is with landing on the floor all the time. Um, well, eventually, so, that's I mean, going to catch up with him. Yeah, he's going to have to <laughs> land on his feet more. Yeah. Yeah. And then having talking about, you know, you look at some guys like Trey Young um, from Oklahoma who plays for Atlanta Hawks. Who can shoot from anywhere and he's a real small guy right but he can do that just like steph curry right because they can shoot from anywhere and they're super shifty uh judah just doesn't have that yet so uh to be perfectly honest with you uh, i mean a guy can do whatever he wants and i'm always going to never be upset with him making any type of choice or whatever but uh unless that all those things kind of develop as the rest of this in season as the rest of the season goes on um i think it would be a really dumb move for him to go into the draft just based upon some of his deficiencies. Well, okay. I like that analysis. I like it. That's just my personal opinion. Uh, look, I got to do, I got to do, I think I should do um, maybe a couple of these real super quick, and then we will move on to the Miami preview. At OLQ's great crowd. Love seeing Rip there. I'm not, I'm, I do not know what that is. Uh, Bell was amazing. Again, 
Where has Benny gone? Brown is turning into a beast. I think we should have played some man-to-man when Notre Dame was draining all those threes. How many wins does it take for us to get into the NCAA tournament? So, what is... What is wow. Okay, so um, Rip is the character in Yellowstone. Oh, okay, um, that was... What's his name's... Um, Cole Hauser. It was Adam yeah, Weitzman's... Right. Yeah. Yeah, Weitzman's uh, guest. So, That's right. Yeah, and he's been in a bunch of stuff. I mean, he was in... Uh, was it Dazed and Confused? Um, really? He was That's in, a uh, classic. Yeah. He was in... Um, Who was he in oh, Dazed and Confused? Because I don't know the name. I couldn't even picture the guy. Cole Hauser. Um, the other guy was... Um, what's the one with uh, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon? They're like in Boston and he's like a super, super genius. And Robin Williams is like the... Goodwill no. Hunting? Yes, Goodwill yeah, Hunting. Yeah. He's uh, one of his uh, friends, Boston friends in Goodwill Hunting. Okay. Um, also the villain and I think the second Fast and the Furious the one with Tyrese I, I don't watch much I don't, okay. I don't yeah, watch I'm just... I don't watch Fast and the Furious I don't watch much TV like regular TV so uh, but I but I have been um, I have been hearing the buzz around Yellowstone and, and a lot of people talk about it at work and stuff so it's one of those things that when it's done then I'll just binge it but yeah, yeah. Anyway. sounds like a good idea but yeah no it's um, you no, watch it's, it it's, then it's actually... you, you watch it I do watch it. Oh, okay. Um, right. And also, they have a situation where, because um, it's about a, a family that owns a huge ranch in Montana, right? And then, mm-hmm. like, they're trying to, you know, some people are coming in and trying to take it, and there's all this stuff going on. But they also have um, series off of that on Paramount Plus. Um, one was 1883, and it was like the story of their family and how That's they the expanded out west. Ford, almost right? like the old, huh? Harrison Ford's in it. That's the 1923. 1883, it was uh, Faith Hill and... Uh, oh, Tim McGraw. And Tim McGraw. In 1923 now, yeah, that's the one with Harrison Ford. That's so. all They're Yellowstone all, stuff. That's all Yellowstone. That's just the history of the family. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Okay, so, so there's a yeah, lot. Yeah, that's all. There's a lot, but it's um, it's pretty legit, man. It's good? I like it, yeah. Okay, <clears throat> all right. Well, all right. But yeah, I can so get that sucked into that. that was, I could get sucked into that. That was the guy that was, standing, or, that was sitting next to Weitzman. Um, last night, so I didn't he's... pay any attention to that. But <clears throat> yeah, I... well, dude, they didn't even really say anything about it. You know, I just kind of, every... I get to the point now where like I'm almost interested in every home game to see who is on the sideline next to Adam Weitzman. Yeah, it's like so... its own. It's like its own spinoff. Speaking of spinoffs, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no. so, okay. All right. We covered rip bell was amazing. Yes. Again, uh, where has Benny gone? I mean, just like I said, it just seems to be every game is, is just trending downward. And I'm not saying that to be mean. I love Benny. Um, you know, we, I talked to Benny last year as being someone this year is going to be a huge contributor and we just have really yet to see it. He had a one really good game. And ever since then it's been kind of, um, downhill. So, um, I don't think you're you're going to see the man to man again this year, and I'm fine with it. Um, so I mean I don't know what to, to what else to say about it. I feel like the I feel like the zone's getting a little bit better, and te- teams are always going to be able to hit. You know sometimes you, you they have you have to have get a little lucky like we get did against Virginia Tech, Joe. You, you have to have the luck with the zone is one thing that really really helps. And when you have a team that's that that it comes into a game hot and they go cold in the dome or wherever it is against the zone, you got to have a little bit of that luck because it just, it is what it is. It's something that we should be used to. But so how many wins do you think it takes for us to get into the tournament? 
because oh that's a tough one, right? This that's is always a loaded question. It is because it depends on which one they are. It's too hard to answer that <laughs> exactly. question now because of the because of the quadrant system and the net rankings. So I couldn't even put a number on it, but um, you know we always give our quad updates, and when it gets down to crunch time. And it's talking about bubble talk and all that stuff. And, and, and when we look at a little bit more of what we have coming up, when those games are, are put in the bag, then it'll be a good time to talk about it. But what the, what the conversation has changed to now, instead of the number of wins like it used to be, is, okay, well, which ones do we need? And which ones do we have to have? Uh, our, you know, so like Notre Dame, that, that was for this point in the season, that was a must-win game last night. Um, you could, you might even be able to point to Louisville, even in the in, in that point in the season, and say that's a must-win game. You know, those teams that are trending down and, and just doing an awful job in, in conference play, we got to get them all. the The fortunate thing is, <laughs> if the, it, not really that fortunate, but there's really none of those left. All of everything that's slated in front of us from here on out is pretty. Besides Florida State, maybe is is an opportunity, and. All of these games coming up, a lot of these games coming up are opportunities. And, you know, you got a Virginia Tech team that was doing really good until Hunter Couture went out one game against Boston College, and they're on a five-game skid. So, actually, what did they do? I'm sorry. What did they do yesterday? My bad. I don't know if they're still on a five-game skid. I feel bad. I just threw them under the bus. Um, They... Real quick, and then we will get into. Didn't play. Oh, they didn't play. Okay, so they got a, they got their uh, break coming up. They got a week off. But so. NC State did beat Miami though, so Miami's gonna be coming off of a loss. Uh, Clemson beat Duke at home, and pretty much everyone else stayed status quo. So that gives Hunter Couture time. You know, when we go to Blacksburg and have to deal with Virginia Tech, there's a good possibility that he could be back. Most likely. Yeah, because he's been game to game, and I think they're just trying to be as careful as possible with him. But, yeah, uh, they, don't play, they don't play again until at Virginia on Wednesday. Right, so they had eight days off. So, or will have eight <clears> days <throat> off, and we have one day off. So that's tough. This game against Miami is going to be tough. And speaking of that, let's talk about it. The all-time series between Syracuse and Miami sits at 20-11 and 11 in favor of the Orange. The Syracuse Orange men were 13-5 and five versus Miami uh, in the Big East Conference. Miami was the first team Syracuse would play as an ACC member on January 4th, 2014. The Orange won that game 49-44, uh, according to orangehoops.org. And uh, since the Orange joined the ACC... These two teams have played uh, 12 times, going 6-6. Six and six. Miami's currently on a two-game win streak, winning both of the, both games last year, uh, the last of which a 75-72 win for the Hurricanes. Both games last year lost by a total of four points. So there was that one game we had where we blew a lead, and they actually came back and nope. won. I remember that. And then yeah. um, not good. You're killing them. Yeah, it was like we were up by over 20 or t- maybe right at 20, something like that. I can't remember, but it was bad. Um Gerard, Buddy, Sadibi, Swider, and Jimmy, you're starting five for that last game. And Buddy Beheim with 30 points. Miami is currently uh, 14-3, and 5-2. And as we discussed earlier, Miami, Virginia, Wake Forest, Syracuse, and Pitt 
in a five-way tie for second place in the ACC right now, which is amazing. Uh, the Hurricanes were 13-1 and before dropping two of the last three to Georgia Tech and NC State. Their other loss coming against Maryland earlier in the year. So Isaiah Wong's still on this team, and he leads in points, um, assists, and steals. Points with 17. And then we've got a couple of new faces. This is Nigel Pack, sophomore guard. It's his first year with Miami after transferring from Kansas State. Um, they got a couple of guys, in, him included, who can uh, really, who are pretty good from three. And we know Isaiah Wong has it in him. And, you know, this Nigel, Nigel Pack seems like he's one of their guys. This uh, Nochard Amir Joe uh, transfer from Arkansas State. It's, I think he's in his second year, though, right? No, um, he, no. He's not. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, they're, they are, they're efficient from the floor, 48.5% and 34% from three, which is, is that's a good clip. Uh, 75% from the line, they average 78 points a game. They're scrappy. They're gritty on defense. Um, they are 39th in the net rankings, which makes this a quad one game on the road. So a huge opportunity for Syracuse to to bag a quad one game. And it's been, we're going on two years of bagging a quad one game, by the way. We didn't get a single one last year. Mm-hmm. So um, it's got to, the shoe's got to drop on that. Um, so a team with some experience, Joe, quite a bit of talent. You got some, some transfers playing some key roles right now, some guys we are not familiar with. <coughs> um, so what do you think? What can we expect? Well, I mean, when I look at these these games where obviously every every time we've played a new team this year, you've got to look and see where guys came from and how different their teams are, are now from last year, right? So, you know, um, but I always like to look first at their schedule because when you look at the net rankings and everything, a lot of that goes towards how many wins and losses you've had and stuff like that. So I know we haven't had a lot of good um, wins, so to speak, but when you look at um, – when you look at Miami's schedule, uh, not really the greatest, you know, or anything to write home to. They did beat, um, they did beat Virginia. Yeah, they so beat obviously Virginia. there was they another got one I saw. Their hats too. on it. There was another impressive one I saw. Go on. Oh, um, and apparently, hey, see, and that's so weird too. That's what's weird about it is like I look at it and I look at their schedule and it doesn't even look like it's that good. But then I go to the net rankings. And they beat Providence in a neutral. Court. They won at Central Florida. Um, they beat NC State. I mean, I don't, I don't know. But it says that they're five and two with with quad one wins. I don't really see five quad one wins on on their schedule. But um, you know, I digress. They they've lost uh, at Georgia Tech and at NC State, uh, and then on neutral court as far as um, against Maryland. So they haven't lost a home game. So. Uh, they are undefeated at home this year, and, and uh, they do, like you said, they brought in some new guys, Nigel Pack and Norshad uh, Omir. Um, but they're they're not that big of a team. I mean, we know we've heard Isaiah Wong, Jordan Miller is a six seven guard, Isaiah Wong's a six five guard, so they're bigger than normal guards. Uh, Norshad uh, Omir is a six seven, about two forty eight, so he's a big body down there. Um, and then you know you got guys you know go down the line. Uh, Wuga, Poplar, Bensley, Joseph, and Harlan Beverly, Anthony Walker, all those guys have been, um, you know, they've been on the team. They're a little bit younger guys, but they're all guards. Um, so you're looking at um, kind of a short, uh, a shorter team than normal. 
Um, I, I don't know. Like I said, when, when I look at their team, um, I really don't know how they have the record that they have because nothing really sticks out other than the record. Yeah, um, it's kind of it's kind of so weird. yeah. It is always interesting to. S- it's, yeah, it's always interesting to see newer guys that haven't uh, played against a two-three zone uh, before, and, and how they can move the ball and they can get their shots and stuff like that. But <clears throat> if we can stop them from getting the ball down low and inside and scoring inside, then and make it one-dimensional kind of. I feel like we did that a little bit with Notre Dame. You know, yeah, these, that's one of the things when you start hitting three-point shots, um, you can get three-point shots against a two-three zone. But all you're doing is you're making your offense one-dimensional. Then you fall in love with it, and if you start missing, yeah, you, then most of the time you're eventually going to go um, cold, and and that's what we see quite a bit. You can't shoot at that. We very rarely see a situation where you can shoot at that rate uh, for the whole game. Um, so there's that. Um, I don't expect this team to be able to out rebound us. We should be able to get the ball down to Jesse, and, and if Jesse and Malik, I mean, both those guys are taller than I think anybody that plays on their team, um, well, plays minutes on their team. They got some guys on the bench that are bigger. But, uh, you know, Isaiah Wong, he's, he's a problem. Um, you know, he, him and Norshad pretty much lead all, this, all the stats. This, um, you know that Jordan Miller and Nigel Pack are going to hit some threes, stuff like that, but uh, I, I truly believe that this is a winnable game. I don't, I don't see this team as the same Miami team. Um, just uh, definitely an athletic team that's going to play defense and tough defense and get and get up in you. So if we can play a, a clean game and we can get the you know not turn the ball over, then I, I see that we. I mean, we're going to have a great chance. I think of being able to go and get a quad one win, especially considering that most of the time down in Miami, um, you know, Syracuse usually gets pretty good fans with all the the, the snowbird. Down yeah. there, right? So yeah, um, there's another guy too, Bensley Joseph. What, what's up with this guy? Because he can he can hit too from beyond the arc. I don't know if he's um, if he's starting, but he gets what like 23 minutes a game or something like that. I think I saw. So no, he's just, huh? The, I just don't remember him. He's in his second year w- with Miami. I just don't remember him last year. So, which is why that's the only reason I bring it up. So. <laughs> this is something else. With no, I mean he's uh, the thing is, is he's only a so- he's only a sophomore. So a lot of these guys like Wuga Poplar only a sophomore, um, Bensley Joseph sophomore. Um, those guys you don't really remember them because they didn't really they were like coming off the bench like last. Right. Um, you know if if their guards were needed a break or, or they were in foul trouble and that's when you saw those guys last year. So um, haven't seen this team play. Um, so I don't really know what Nigel Pack and, and Ormier have or to give, but they both right around the 30 minute mark playing. So, and I know what Jordan Miller and Isaiah Wong can do. So, um, they do play good in the mid range. You know, I do see a situation where they should be able to, um, shoot threes and then get the ball in, in, you know, around the free throw line and places like that where they might be able to get some, some open jumpers. I just think that they're going to struggle scoring around the hoop. Yeah, that's in, that's a, that bodes well. Uh, so the one thing that it, it's a quick turnaround for Syracuse. It's it's going to be, you know, some travel and obviously, I don't. That's that's goes against us and and I think when we play a team like this, I I do get a little nervous about the just the scrappiness of this team and being able to create turnovers and things like that and getting getting sloppy. Um, so 
it's tough to say. I haven't seen much Miami basketball either, but I feel like they, if we're going to get an early good win, and if you want to call it early anymore, this is going to be one that's going to be, I think, easier than some of these other ones, I guess, is where I'm coming from. Although I do have North Carolina at home as an upset. So, And by the way, I think Baycott's injured. Uh, mm, he played yesterday. I think he got injured yesterday. Oh, well, I know, I, I know he got injured the game before when they lost so oh, okay. i thought against virginia so you know if he was back last night i don't know if he got re-injured i think he i think he might have but anyway i digress yeah. um so it's going to be a situation where i think um syracuse is going to have to be like they did against like they did against Notre Dame, and taking care of the ball obviously is huge and if if bell can show out again if these guys that all played yesterday can can play the way they did and get a little bit extra from Joe, I think that Syracuse can win this game. And this is more of a homer pick for me because I I really, really want this game. I want this game like nobody's business right now to get this quad one, get off the, the quad one loss schneid. I feel like Syracuse needs it for their confidence, and then they're away at Georgia Tech again. So, And that will be on Saturday. So a lot of traveling coming up in – Georgia Tech's kind of one of those teams too. That's, I mean, their record's not like fantastic, but they're they can be dangerous at times. They've they've surprised me throughout the year so far. So you know they gave, they gave it a go, and then realistically, you know, we're our our non conference, you know, we we started down, we started bad. You know, I can understand why there were so many skeptics and everything. Because I don't think there was too many people that thought we were going to start off the ACC five and two. You know, and even going through, I mean, we got thirteen games left and. Uh, I mean, you know, we could go seven and six the rest of the way and we would be 12 and eight in the ACC. And I still don't think that that would be enough. Um, you know, we'd only have 19 wins. So, you know, we need to really, really kind of (laughs) go over expectations here as far as ACC is concerned. Um, we have a good chance right now to play for a great seed. I mean, when at this point, you know, in the ACC, have we been ranked ahead of the likes of Duke in North Carolina? You know, as far as the standings, yeah. right? Yeah. So, I mean, we got Clemson at seven and zero, which is unprecedented as well. But and all these other teams that are five and two. So, you know, if we can, like I said, we've won what two out of our last or nine two, out of our last eleven, yeah. nine and two our last eleven. Yep. Um, you know, if we can keep it going, I mean, we we can definitely play our way into a really, really good situation. And if you're talking about <clears throat> possibly getting, you know, a double buy for the ACC tournament and putting yourself in a position to make a run for the ACC tournament because you know this year is it's it's all over the place I don't know who the best team is and I don't know if there's really that much separation so um, between you know one and where what seven eight nine you know since the juggernaut you know Duke's always tough that's what it looks like right now well they did they handled Duke pretty good yesterday I thought they did a pretty good job. But Duke's that game not the juggernaut was, right now. I, I know, but that game was close, though, too, all the way down. So um, a good game there. That's a talented team, that Clemson team. There's oh, some, yeah. There's some danger on that team, for sure. Um, all right, picks. Look, like I said, it's a quick turnaround. I, I just hope that Syracuse can keep the energy up. I have no reason to believe that they can't. 
And um, I just feel like this team's been playing with a ton of energy, especially in the second half of games. Well, well, let's just say the majority of the team. Let's just say that. And like I said, with contributions, for if, if these guys can do what they did yesterday and Joe can step up, I think they win this game. I'm going to say 78-73. I'm not sure if that's a, if that's a, a, a cardiac cuse game or if, or if we start to blow a lead late. But I just feel like um, they got to have this one. It's going to be a good game. It's not going to hurt us at the end of the day, but to get it will be huge. So I'm just... What was your score? Um, 78-73. Okay. Mine. All right, yeah, so looking at, uh, you know, going back to Ken Palm, um, you know, currently he's got us up at, um, you know, 86th with 67th overall adjusted offense and 130th adjusted defense. And Miami has ranked 39th with uh, 11, number 11 adjusted overall offense. And, um, but their defense is 125. So, you know, this tells me that their defense isn't the greatest. And I think that, you know, we have a, a true big man, Jesse, a true point guard with Judah, and we got shooters around him. And um, with Malik Brown doing what he does around the basket. Um, you know, our offense has got threats and, and we're only learning how to use them better every day. Uh, Miami, like I said, by the metrics, doesn't play that much defense. I mean, Cornell put they'd be at Cornell 107 to 105 in regulation, I believe. Yeah, it was. Um, we talked about that at the time. So, yeah. So, um, you know, I think that, you know, we'll be able to score. Uh, as, like I said, as long as we stay out of foul trouble and turnover, you know, obviously those are things that can turn the tide in any game. Um, but I think we're going to be able to score against this team. It's just whether – I'm interested to see how their – the way their offense is, how it's going to be against a zone, and you know, do they have the height to score down there? Uh, you know, if they're playing against teams that are man-to-man and they got a guy that's six, seven, six, eight down there is their biggest guy, big body, wide body, he can make space, but sometimes that doesn't translate to a 2-3 zone. So um, it's going to be interesting to see – you know, how they handle it and how their offense is against the zone, um, because sometimes teams just don't have the players. And um, if you can't score down low, then you're going to fall in love with running the shot clock out and taking bad shots. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's if we can slow the game, not allow them to get out and transition. Was, and that comes with turnovers and all that kind of stuff. Play our game. Then, um, you know, I, I, I think their offense can look a little bit uglier than, than normal. And, um you know, I, like I said, I, I do think that we have a good chance of winning this game, and I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go Homer, and I'm gonna go 82 to 72. 82 to 72. Okay. All right. I don't know why. I just feel like it's a situation you think it's gonna where be, you think it's gonna be that comfortable. Not now. I like I said, I don't think it's gonna be. No, it could be, I didn't say that. Okay. Well, I mean, ten point win is pretty comfortable. Is that foul shots or comf- what? Yes. Okay. All right. Maybe I went a little too high there. <laughs> I mean, it's a. I mean, change I don't, that. Change it to a seventy-five. Call it a day. Seventy-five for Miami or for Syracuse? Yes, for okay. Miami. Okay. All right. Okay. Eighty-two seventy-five. Hmm. All right. The one time I'll let you renege on your score. That's it. Um, okay. I appreciate it, man. No problem. Anything for you, buddy. Thanks for actually being here today. How about that? Um, oh my! Here we go. You know, here we go. You're you know, gonna make me feel just, bad. 
I mean, it's been a long time. Never actually, it's been never, never have I ever had I to call in reinforcements. You know, uh, well, I think God. that we've done podcasts by ourselves, but with other people, like interviews and stuff like that. Yeah, it doesn't count. This was a, oh, okay. this was a game breakdown, a good win against a, a decent Virginia Tech team, and no. you know, I feel like you know you should have been here for it. So, uh, well, but it is. What tell it is. tell thirteen year old Avery that I can't go to her play because of that. Hey, you could have done it before the play. No, I couldn't. I was, have. I was I had zero time. I was waiting. I was ready to go. Just for you, so you could get out of here early and go to the play. Um, all right. No, it was good having Geo. It was it worked out well, and I think um, I think he had fun. I know I had fun. So, long time listener, friend of the show, and he's he's stepped right in. He knew exactly what to do. So, um, all right. Look, that's gonna do it for us on this Sunday, and um, I guess we'll be back again soon, like on Tuesday. So we'll see you Tuesday. Thank you so much for everybody who's tuning in and everybody in the Spotify Live green room. We appreciate all of you all the time. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Go G-Men. Peace. Go Buffalo. Rocking the hat. Yep, you are. I am. I am. For David. For my guy David right there. Right, David? (laughs) Oh, by the way. Gio did great, he says. Yes, he did. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Look, kid's a professional. <laughs> I know. I, I, maybe one day, possibly, probably, I'll be like, look, I did a podcast with that guy. He actually co-hosted my show. What do you think about that? I'll tell my grandkids. <laughs>